Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? I haven't talked to you in almost four days. I know it's like back to back shows. Uh, great, wonderful. It's an excellent uh, day okay. today. Wednesday to Monday is more like five or six days, like but yeah, feels like a quick turnaround. But it was during the spring break time here in uh, Indiana mm. for. Or in this area of Indiana, spring break for in this t- town or county it was the all the schools and the university IU. So uh, it was one of those like it feels like summertime because the the town. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I live in a, a I wouldn't call it a small town anymore. I call it a medium sized uh, town in uh, Indiana called Bloomington, Indiana, with Indiana University, and the university takes up most of school. So. When you live in a college town like that, when the college kids go away, something like 30,000 kids, um, the town is super empty. And it's like, I wouldn't say a ghost town. You wouldn't call it a ghost town, would you? It's just a uh, ten. It's a drastic change. Drastic like change. It, it, goes, it goes from being like a, I mean, technically a city. I think we looked this up once and the criteria for a town becoming a city is something super low like. 5,000 people or something. <laughs> but in the sort of parlance, you know, you're like, oh, this is like a city. And then in the summer, or to a certain extent during spring break, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this now feels like a Midwestern town. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's not empty. It's not like um, LaGrange, Indiana, which is like under 2,000 population. Um, but it is, as you say, drastically different. Yeah, and and the big thing there is that you know we you when you have the 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 infrastructure for a big town like you have ten sandwich shops in in a three mile radius. Um, now there's one person each sandwich shop as opposed to being all full. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's yeah. it's an interesting. It's just a you know we as the townies like to say you know really enjoy it when the kids go away. Not that we we mind the kids. It's it's great. Um, but I, I mind those kids, those, those kids, those darn kids. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I had that last week. It was it's, it with was their, nice to with their skateboards and their baggy pants. <laughs> All the youths. We uh, uh, yeah. So you get to you get to like drive around town uh, easily to get where you want to go. And then it has all of the the extras that a, a larger town would have. Uh, but but none of the weight, you know, type stuff. Um, and then it's it's usually during the, the wonderful times of the year. It's the summertime and the springtime. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. those are, they're off enjoying other places and we get to enjoy what, what's here. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty great. Uh, you know, got out the weather's been, you know, hit or miss. So that's hard to say, but you know, it's, it's getting nice time. Uh, I got to play some video games, some board games. Uh, had the rare time where I had a weekend to myself. So I went out and partied real hard with like a thousand people. Uh, meaning I did not, I just stayed at home and caught up on a lot of my shows. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah. wonderful to do, you know. Really, to how about you? Are you uh, in Hawaii? Uh, no, I did not. I did not drive to Hawaii. Did not drive to Hawaii on the um, on the boat bridge. I I do have. Um, I don't know if we talked. We, we had no uh, no travel segment last week because I didn't travel in between our last two shows, mm-hmm. aside from uh, going back and forth to Bloomington and making a quick trip up north to see my family. Um, I bought one of those, uh, uh, stickers that people, if you see people with RVs, especially in RV parks, they're very common 
But if you don't, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But there's a thing RVers do where they get a big sticker, big decal, with the outlines of the states of the, the country, the United States. And then those come with a bunch of stickers representing all the states. And then you cover up, you know, you put in the stickers for the states that you go to. I think I saw that on your thing. Um, I got one of those, and it includes Alaska and Hawaii. And I'm like, okay, I get Alaska. Like, some people do that. <laughs> they make this long, long drive across, uh, what, British Columbia and whatever's north of there. And uh, and get to Alaska by by road. But, and I mean, I guess there are probably some kind of long-distance ferries that will take you from you know i don't know probably portland to uh to hawaii <laughs> right yeah I'm like that's that's wild i don't think i would do that <laughs> even if i even if i wanted to go to hawaii right um i uh yeah so i left today's monday as we as we normally record the last week was wednesday mm-hmm. um i left indiana saturday morning and uh stayed saturday night in ohio with uh, our buddy Brian Cogswell, we've had on the show. All right, yeah. Um, spent spent the evening with him. We played um, a game. I might circle back to that in the conversation. And uh, and then yesterday, Sunday, I left Ohio, crossed West Virginia from the song, the uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Neil Diamond song. Mountain Mama, Not Neil Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who am I thinking of? Is it, uh, I wasn't sure anything else. It's, uh, mm-hmm. is it Neil Diamond? No. no, 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 it's, um, my mom used to love him. Oh, John Denver. John Denver. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I had Neil Diamond stuck in my head, but I'm like, that's wrong. It's like, I love that maybe song. Kind of the, <laughs> the same. Of course, everybody loves that song. Right. I actually posted a, a photo and my, my niece just commented on it lyrics to that song because it's it's stamped with the weather and says west virginia <laughs> uh anyway crossed west virginia and then crossed the mountains from the song up and down with my camper that was yesterday uh afternoon just up and down these like switchback roads and i was like there was probably a better way to do this but i was kind of avoiding the main interstates to to try and save some fuel and i think i did but it took so much longer <laughs> um Anyway, uh, last night I stayed at a Harvest Host, a brewery in um, uh, Staunton, I think. It's it's eastern or western Virginia, not West Virginia, but the western part of regular Virginia. Okay. And now I'm in a uh, an RV park in Williamsburg close to i assume close to colonial williamsburg where they have the um the old town um there i was actually there in that area about a year ago uh with my family because my parents have timeshares um there and they like history so uh, right. we do that every once in a while the uh, um h- yeah, how, so how are you enjoying that area of the world it's it's nice i mean i've only been has it been, has it been cold? Is it day. cold there? Uh, it's not. It. Uh, I had my, I had my windows open. It was um, in the camper. I mean, uh, in Indiana, it was getting well. We didn't talk about this either, but it was there was 
almost snow on the ground in Bloomington, and there was snow on the ground further north um, the weekend before this past when we did ICGCon. And then middle of last week, it was getting up into the low 70s in the middle of the day. Yeah. And then the last day, Friday, before I left, it got cold and kind of rainy. It was down in like the 50s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Um, and then it was cool. When I was in Ohio, it was cool. They're in um, Athens, which is down in a valley. Um, it was, I don't know, probably like in the 40s. Um, pretty, pretty cold. And then today, I think it it's hovered right around in the in the 60s, the mid 60s. We'll see. You know, like I said, I've just here uh, today, you know, so we'll see as the days go on whether it gets warm or oh, right or not we'll we'll see yeah it's uh it's 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 been nice the, the, the i i remember driving i would drive to um i think i done it like twice maybe three times um from indiana to dc or new york um mm-hmm. you know take taking that way across i think it's uh, illinois pennsylvania and new york stuff like that it it's it's a pretty it's a pretty drive i think and don't take offense I mean, you, to this Ohio people, but once you get if you go through if you go through Illinois, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> right. Once once you get to uh, like about three quarters of the way through Ohio, then it looks it, it starts to look nicer. And that's not a knock on Ohio. It's just that Ohio is very much like Indiana, so it's something um, you know similar to to look yeah, or northern western, Indiana. Western yeah. Western Ohio is a lot like northern Indiana because it's that's the land. And then when you get about the middle, as you get closer to the Ohio River, yeah, and then especially you get closer to West Virginia and Pennsylvania, you start to get into sort of the foothills of the um, the Appalachians. Yeah, the, Appalachians. the the eastern Ohio is a pretty country. It is pretty. Uh, so yeah, that that, yeah. that area is always it's, it is very pretty and a really neat um, uh, a neat area uh, to be in. I, I've I've only driven through. Uh, and maybe stopped once, but it's it's definitely one of those things where I've driven through and I felt like, man, I should make a point of like taking a longer trip the next time I go out here and spending a day in between visiting some of these cool like you know forests or hiking trails or mountain formations, things like that. You know, just kind of admiring all the little stops that they've got around that area. So yeah, I, I can see that being yeah. fun. You're going out there for the, uh, the Oscars, though, right? You're going to get an award for for this show or something. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm being nominated for uh, um, best uh, vocal talent on a uh, midwestern <laughs> pop culture themed podcast. Yes, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that you know you're being nominated this year, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the real thing is that you got. Uh, yeah, our buddy Fox and <laughs> and his friends out there are doing a party next weekend for the Oscars, and um, there are RV parks here that I can that I can use. So I'm so I'm doing that, and then I don't have a long term plan yet before uh, for the week following. I'll, I'll probably stay out in this area for a couple weeks, and then you know we'll see. I'm keeping it open. Keep it open. Either way, you're going to be back there uh, in mid uh, or end of April for for the the Fox Extravaganza birthday. We're we're going to have out that way celebration. That's time. right. That's right. Um. So that'll that'll be fun. 
Uh, cool, cool. So what you what you do this this week? Anything besides traveling? Uh, do anything fun? Well, yeah, I um I spent the evening with Brian, and we um we mostly just talked, but we did play um a two, I figured he would probably have some good two player games because he has been you know he he and his wife living far away from Bloomington um probably you know played a lot of two player games sure, they yeah. did i think before um before their son was born and uh, so we played a game called patchwork okay oh i um, saw you posting pictures of this i didn't quite yeah, understand I, what I, it was about or what was going on i posted a picture of it it's um so it's a two player game it is quilt themed hence patchwork okay okay not like not like the the wow boss or anything Right, no, okay. but, and and also not like the the band, the mm, yes. I think industrial German or no, it's German something patchwork. Now both of those with an e patchwork work. Um, no, this is patchwork like quilt. Mm -hmm. uh, so it has three boards. There's a there's a time tracking board that goes in the spiral, and each player has a board that's just a grid. Um, and there are pieces that look like Tetris shapes, but with quilt fabric print on them. Oh, okay. Uh, wow, I was getting confused. This, sorry, I know where I'm, I'm blending in your comments from now from before. Is this the one that you called like Tetris the game or something like that, or Tetris the board game? Somebody was calling it that. Maybe a little bit, okay. though. There's the other. Um, let me look it up so I have components in front of me here. Uh, what did I just say? Patchwork. Um, there's also the game Fox told us about My City mm -hmm. that is that is has Tetris shaped pieces. Uh, yeah, I, I I own that one. Yeah, we, we've talked about that one before. So the um, the currency in the game is buttons, and you want to have buttons at the end, uh, but you lose points for spaces on your board that are not covered. Okay. With with quilt pieces, and then the pieces have two numbers on them. One is a cost in buttons, and the second is a cost in time. Uh, and the cost in time is how far you have to move your piece along the track, the time tracking track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, the catch with that is that whoever is behind on the time track gets to go next. Okay. Right. So if I take a if I take a really good piece that only costs me two buttons but costs me seven time, I have to move my guy all the way up seven spaces. Then you could go and play one piece that's three time and another one that's two time and another one that's two time all before I get to go again. Ah. Um and those those prices are balanced out and then there are some of the pieces have uh, little button uh, uh, art on them. And there are also buttons on the time track. So every time you cross one of those, you collect income for the buttons on your quilt. Okay. Um, and that's the currency, right, that you need to spend. And then at any time, if you can't or don't want to buy um, any of the pieces available, you can just move your piece to the front and collect a button for each space that you move. So in that scenario, if I went seven ahead and you you were out of buttons, so you couldn't buy anything, mm -hmm. you'd be like, I'm just going to move ahead. And now you have seven buttons when it's your turn again. Um, but it's 
it's pretty cool. I played it a couple times on Board Game Arena, so it was um, interesting to play it in real life and learn some of the mechanics, like the income, of course, BGA just does for you. So I didn't, um, I didn't quite know how that worked. And I think I won, but it ended up being pretty close. I don't remember now, but it was, it was still fun to, to play in real life. And it has a, um, the other mechanic I didn't describe is that the pieces go in a big circle the the available Tetris pieces you put them in a big circle about around the time tracker and then uh there's a, a pawn that moves around it and the pieces you have available to buy are just the three in front of the pawn clockwise okay and then when you buy a piece you move the pawn into the empty space where that piece was so the, the that pawn moves around and the available pieces uh change as the game uh goes on oh cool it yeah. sounds fun, no? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, you know, I don't have a lot of opportunities to play two-player games. Um, and so I think, I don't know, maybe when I, if I set up another uh, another board game arena tournament, I might give this one a try. Nice. It'll be fun. We, we, I did, I did, I, I play board game arena considerably less than, than you do, um, but occasionally I'll have spurts. And this week we, you did that, uh, I actually played like five or six games this week i've been playing with people and uh one of them was uh you you had started up a well what tournament was that that, that we played um uh that was that was seven wonders duel. duel so the which i had not played for before. for reasons that people who know and and do more tournaments than i do would probably understand better than i um it's it's difficult your options are very limited uh in setting up a tournament with more than two players per game you have to do things based on points or or something like that like if you're doing like a euchre tournament yeah which is four players um and so if you do if you do just two players per game then you can do you know single elimination or swiss style or um some of those other some of those other options and so i'd played seven wonders duel a couple times with fox and I was like, well, this this will be fun, and it'll sort of create a bunch of games for us without having to to create them manually. the The twist of that story is that I did not realize I had to manually join the tournament that I was organizing, right. which made sense in retrospect. I was like, oh well, yeah, you know, organizers of the tournament aren't necessarily participants. I'm like, I wish I had known that though, because you all got to play, and I did not. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's... but you know, live and learn. Uh, it it was uh it was fun. I I had never played it before, um. Mm. So it it was um nice to um you know to learn. And I guess a couple of us had because as I was playing it, we were doing in the chat, and uh, uh, people were like, I, "I that's what I get for reading the rules," or you know, "Hey, that was fun for the first time ever playing through." It was like I think every single person who's played it has played Seven Wonders or Seven Wonders Architect. So. The, the gist of the game is definitely not a, yeah, not the, a problem. The, th- the theme the theme is similar. It's, I don't know if I would call it more different from the other two than the other two are from each other. Um, but really, I mean, the, the, the major mechanic in, in classic Seven Wonders is um, the, the, the passing, the, what we now call Sushigo style 
hand passing. Right. And the um the main mechanic in Architects is this um uh decks of cards between the players, sort of a you know, between two cities kind of um kind of thing. So both of those games rely on at least three players and you know one of the reasons we go back to them so often is they play up to seven um so uh duel is in you know it's designed specifically for two players which i think is probably what the designers were thinking after because it it's was made much uh much earlier than architects architects is pretty new and original seven wonders has been out for a long time but i think they did duel because um classic seven wonders is not I can't imagine how you would play that with two people. You're just passing one, the same hand back and forth. Like that's very strange. Right. Um, and so it has, it has a lot of things that are more like, for example, the military um, mechanic is completely different. There's no fighting sides because you only have one opponent. So you're just playing this sort of tug of war um, thing with the military track and it can cause, instant victory so if you don't know about that that's probably um uh you know gonna be a problem i knew that fox knew the game and i wasn't sure who else did um but i figured that you know it's between friends and people would look up rules if they wanted to and of course uh, whatever but yeah and, and it was and it was it was fun we had we had a really good time i think i think everybody did um yeah uh so that that was really fun the um I, I did win it, but it was that's that wasn't the fun part per se. Uh the fun the fun <laughs> part was like I don't know. Yeah, I think our buddy Pete said it good about these things is that uh if you lose then you can be ambivalent about it. Like, eh, don't don't think about it anymore. Right. And if you win, right. then you get to keep playing. So that's kind of a Oh yeah, yeah, because it was um because it was single elimination, it was like uh um you know, the basketball uh um, bracket bracket thing yeah yeah and and yeah. that he he's not he's not wrong especially since games can i mean granted i'm one of the people in our group that take the longest to take turns um second to mike and uh mm-hmm. the uh the, it still went fairly quickly you know overall and those kind of quick games can can go really neat so that you're even if you're out you're like three or four days and then you're there's another one you know you can kind of like oh that that was fun i was quick and going yeah out. yeah i think in dual your decisions are not as few as architects, but are fewer than original Seven Wonders. I agree. I, like I definitely you, agree with that. You, you have a number of cards that you can buy, but the way that they're stacked in the pyramid thing, you really only have a couple. True. Right? Like yes. between two and five, maybe. And you, you can, don't have a whole hand like early in in uh, the basic game. Yeah, it it has... Um, I, I definitely say... And I'm trying to, the worst part about this is that I won. Like, that's the worst part about this because I played it like when you win the first time, it's like, oh, it's great. Right. You know, I mean, you can see all these wonderful right, yeah, things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. because things played out in your favor. Um, sure. But uh, so trying to take that away from the, the situation, I, I do like that better than architects um, because of the reasons you just said. I, I actually could hmm. see like, not that things didn't happen to go my way or you know, things, but there's, there's things that you can definitely control. Like in architects, you really can't like the card to your left and the card to your right are cards and they're stuck there and no one wants them. Then you're just randomly drawing. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's much more random, which makes the, 
which makes the turns faster. Like I like it in real life. Yeah. Much better. That's a thing we say all the time. Like on board game arena, classic seven wonders is really simple. Like it really comes down to a slightly more thoughtful, uh, um, sushi go. Yeah. But in person you have to deal with like, if everybody hasn't played it a lot, you're like, okay, how does science work? And you're like, all right, well, if you have this, this, and this, it's this formula. And if you have three of a kind, then they go together and you can add another one and it's worth 16. And it's, and that's just one example of like a dozen different ways the scoring works. Um, where architects is just like, yeah, you have these three options and I can explain how everything works in five minutes. Um, a duel is somewhere in the middle um, where, you know, you have these and the cost, but you're, um, you know, going back and forth. I know our buddy Fox says he can't play that game with his son anymore uh, because his whole strategy is just to uh, prevent Fox from winning. <laughs> right, like, yeah. He, he, he just will be able to intuit i mean because there's no secret the cards are all face up uh, like he can he can deduce what his dad's strategy is and just block him right wait Buy wait are you saying duel? whatever cards so you're talking about duel yeah yeah in duel well that that was one thing i was going to say i liked about duel is that is it not all the cards are face up like half the cards are oh no yeah yeah the market is face down but the things that you buy and and place out like that's all visible so um, you know, he can, he can tell like what strategy Fox is going for and then block him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that I is, amazing. that is a part of, of the game that I, I, I liked actually. I mean, it's, it was kind mm -hmm. of a multi-layered sure, yeah. type thing with that is that, and you, and you also, you, these have, I'm trying to get too complex here, but they, they, it adds depth, meaning that you can do feints then, right? Like I did several times. Like I, I chose mm. military early on, not planning to win military, but when you get within striking distance of it, then that has to become their focus. Yeah, well, like I said, like I said earlier, military can be an instant victory, like it can end the game early. Yeah. So if your opponent is doing I mean, there's a little bit of that in the other two games, right? Like if but you can decide not to care about military at all and you're like yeah they're going to get points from this but i'm not going to waste all my resources trying to fight them on it yeah yeah exactly and it, but it, but it, if and you do that in duel you can lose you can like, lose exactly and same thing with science those uh -huh. those two things in duel are insta wins and so you like like you say if you're playing um uh, nathan you 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 faint them right you like you you start big on like you're looking at a thing but you're actual have a secondary strategy like I want to win on yellows and get monies and, and complete my wonders, right? But anytime a, a good opportunity comes up to grab a, a, a military, or even when you're picking wonders, picking some things that will give you some military edge and never going military, right? I, I think that was an important thing is that I could see where a couple people were going and I could, one, block that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Which I had options to do. Or two, I could respond. That was the biggest thing in 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 the in architect. You can't really respond when something. I mean, there's there's a little few things, but you know, something happens. It's just the way it is. I can't really stop or do anything with somebody across the table. It's just the way it is, right? Um, you you have that what's the little horns that come up. You're like, oh, I'm not going to take any horns, and then like three horns come up on your thing, and that's all you get. You know, um, 
Yeah. But yeah. in 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 this one, I like one time I saw Fox was going for science. He he was not doing it initially, but then he was like, oh, I ended up with these science things. And you can start. Do, there's a whole bunch of what cards are going to be revealed when. Right. So you you pick, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to pick this card because it doesn't reveal new cards that are face down. Um, yeah. The cards are set up like um, uh, golf, I think, mode solitaire, where a card will cover up two cards. And when you turn it, new cards reveal. And, and another thing that I assume is easier on uh, Board Game Arena compared to real life is that it shows you the cost. Both for you and your opponent, which is big, right? Because really ca- big, yeah. The the cards you buy make other cards cheaper, and so you're like, well, I don't want this, but he could get it for free. Yes. So I'm going to turn it into coins just to deny absolutely him that free card. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or or what I did most of the time was the opposite, was that like he can't afford any of these, so I there's no reason to pick up that like I can leave that military on the board, and he's not right. going to be able to get it. Right, because yeah. because it's like he's ten or something. He's gonna have to turn it into coins and burn his. I mean, coins are are very valuable, but right. But if yeah. you haven't saved up for coins, yeah. So it, I I really I really did enjoy that part of it that that I could play the other player, you know. And and you're right, playing on mm-hmm. board game arena shows those things. That's something you wouldn't be able to do in real life, which is super helpful. I uh, mean, you could, sense. but you'd have to count the cards and do the math every time. Every time, right. Um, so it, it was just, there were so many times when now I could actually look at like the coin pile became a, another game component, which it always is. But, but now that you have this, this data in front of you, it, it's like a major point. Like, oh, he only has so many, he only has so many yellows. So even if he discards that, he won't be able to get this. Therefore I will leave it out there to block his, you know, the thing that he wants underneath it per se. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just work all around what you think their strategy is going to be and what they're going to do. And then you faint them with your strategies and um, while doing it. That that was just really enjoyable to me that you get to pick and that you got to see half the stuff. I got to see that there were four science things out there off the bat. So I knew mm-hmm. that science was going to be an, an issue in the game. Right. You have to address sure. it somehow. Uh, or when you yeah. see none up there, no one's going to intentionally go for it on random flip overs, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah. And I, I didn't understand the beginning of the setup at architect where you actually picked up four different wonders that you are going through, um, which was pretty interesting. Uh, it's got that back and forth thing where I pick one, you pick two, then you pick two, then I pick one. Uh, yeah. It's like a snake draft or yeah, something. That was, I'm not sure how, how I feel about that, but it's fine. Um, I think the, the person that goes second, is it's the best because they get to pick all four of theirs kind of uh, close together. So, you know, a, a, right. an overall strategy type thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how you, it's like, uh, you know, Catan and potion explosion both do that. Uh, that's not snake draft, but like Queensberry or whatever. So you go to the end, whoever picks last gets to pick twice and it goes back so that, you know, whatever you have, like the player who goes last can play twice because they have the most picked over, you know, selection yeah. selection left. And and, a, and in a game like this one, um, the the wonders synergizing the wonders is like super important. Like every single time I played, I only played it like three times. Uh, that was that's the key, that was the, the the linchpin, right? Making sure that you mm. get 
your wonders that at least three of the four wonders that can feed off of each other. One will get something for another one, or you put them on a mil that your two to the three are military based, um, so that you can complete yours quickly and all together type thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you pick, if you're picking first and you only get to pick one out of the pile, sure. You'll get the air quote best one, but in a game made for synergies, there is no just best one. Right. Sure. So the person who goes second actually has the, by far the best uh, opportunities to, to pick their, their, their stack correctly, which I, yeah, that was good. That's probably the most like, aside from being aesthetically similar and having the same theme of like, here's military, here's yellow economics, here's brown and gray resources, here's green science and here's blue victory points like those are the same across all three games in this ip mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. uh, franchise um but the other like mechanical thing that's probably not immediately obvious until you've played a few games of of all three versions is that your initial sort of whatever doesn't it doesn't tell you um how do i want to say this it's not indicative of who's going to win, but it informs your strategy. Yeah, I right? agree. Yeah. Like, we we play Architects a lot, and it's, you know, as you say, it's a lot of randomness. Yeah. But if I play um, uh, Rhodes and get the Man of Rhodes, he's got a lot of... That Wonder has a lot of military on it. And so I'm like, it would be dumb for me not to focus military when I have uh, the, the Great Man of Rhodes. Um, or... Um, I think it's it's Babel. Babylon has a lot of science. Same thing with science. Um, and the wonder cards, the cities that you get in the base game do the same kind of thing. You're like, well, my stage three wonder has science on it, so I should do one of the ones with science. Um, and the th same thing you just described with dual. I think what I what I want to do, and we'll see. You know, as long as people. People do it. I've I've mentioned before that for the last probably almost two years now, but I don't remember when we started using BGA, but at least for the last year, I pretty much always have games going, turn-based games going on Board Game Arena. And a thing that we don't do a lot is play two-player games. And I yeah. don't do that in real life either, as I mentioned, but they're perfect for tournaments because you can do a lot more with tournaments if you have just a two-player game. I and, I agree with that and I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to I want to do some more maybe um patchwork, maybe I know there's one the Trotsky's play a lot uh is it Blue Moon or Jamaica? I forget. I don't know cuz I don't as I said I don't really play two player games. And and, um, and the thing with two player games but, is that and I I love that you bring this up cuz this is a, a great it's a great idea there. Two player games are excellent. There's so many excellent two-player games out there, but sure. we, we don't ever get to play them because of you know our, our group or whatever it might be. And then also on Board Game Arena, you're only playing two or you know. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. We um, and there's several that I know that I've played or wanted to play. I'm like, ah, oh, it's two-player. I got to ask one other person to spend their time. How do I? How do I pick? Yeah, right. Um, but there's I know there was one um, uh, with cards that that we played. It's like cards and little miniatures on the board uh it was three three v three arena type thing and that was really fun uh but but fairly simple and i was like man you know which more people could play this because it's not a terribly long game 
Um, but yeah, and a, a tournament's a perfect example for that. So everybody can play two on two, but still kind of be playing with each other, right? Oh, Chris beat Fox or whatever it is, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would suggest if you set up those tournaments that try to set them up where the amount of people are equal to like where everybody's playing everybody in the front. Like I had to play somebody in the first round, but then two other people got to buy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to look at the other modes. Like, like you said, the nice thing about elimination is if you are not into it and you lose, like you're done. But I think it would be better with like round Robin or something like that. So that people get more matches. The downside to that is it just takes longer. We did. Well, like can't stop or something and it took weeks because we had trotsky in and he takes forever to take his turn yeah like, yeah is this tournament still going how long do i have to... and it's can't stop which is a really good like fast real-time game and kind of lame in turn-based yeah i i actually i i like the single elimination because uh, yeah it you can be over it but the, on the other hand a round robin tournament can be good for if everyone likes the game Right, they like right. playing it yeah. for a month at a time, and right? you don't mind just always having, which is like, like we're doing. You know, we've got uh, Draftosaurus and yeah. Potion. You know, we have a stable of games that we play a lot, but they're all like four to six player games, and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and the anyway. two two player games with that also. I've heard this to mention with it when you're playing a two player game, you don't have the burden of people losing interest. Like, right, oh, it's not my turn yet, or I have to wait for somebody else's turn or whatever. Um, it's it's always like the next thing they do something now it's your turn right away so uh, yeah yeah I, you should you should theoretically uh get more have it be your turn more often correct well i mean even if you have a slower turn taker uh, like you were especially trotsky in your game um it's still going to be shorter in a two-player game because yes. you wait for them and then you're back if it's a five-player game you have to wait for Trotsky, and then you have to wait for the other three people. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- this 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 is excellent. I'm I'm excited about this new phase and that you're planning for us, Dennis. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> it's bold, bold new, bold new frontier. Yeah, start especially uh, starting off with little games too that are just like little short things and, and plan, seeing how they go. And uh, that, that yeah. so Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, uh, I I give it a thumbs up uh, overall, and just because Architects isn't bad, and I appreciate what Seven Wonders. The Seven Wonders game is, uh, we've talked about this before, Seven Wonders is be- much better on Board Game Arena than in real life just because of the overhead. The admin and the math. The admin yeah. and the math. Um, so it, it makes it a, a wonderful game. And it's not bad in person either. It's wonderful in person, but it's much better on Board Game Arena. Uh, Architects, to me, is way super dumbed down, and this is somewhere in the middle. Granted, it's only two players, but um, yeah. Yeah, Architects is like a family game or a late night yeah game i mean i, I would agree. I, I own both actually i don't know if i still own the base game i probably do but i own the base game and architects and with my family we played the base game once mm-hmm. and we played architects probably four or five times Pro- probably i can see so. that I, I can even see that playing with my family is that i mean how do i say this politely it's it's where if you win or lose it's like playing sorry Right, it's, it, like you, you roll dice, you, you go, you go six, whatever you know, or four, wherever the dice rolled, and then it, you're you're done. You don't think really. I draw left, mm-hmm. right, that's it, right, and then go on. Yeah. And oh, it 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 uh, 
I drew and it was a military and it caused a military point thing. Okay. Well, it's not something that you control. We played, we uh, went to a, a new pizza place here in town and there's Uno on the table. Uh, so my family started playing <laughs> Uno and, and I th- obviously think Uno is a, a terrible game. It's not terrible, but it's, it's not great. And, um, yeah, uh, but, but the family loved it because of course it, it's, no one's trying to beat anyone. I mean, they're all trying to beat each other, but like you put down a draw four. It's just the way it is, right? Right. Um, yeah. And, and you know, and if someone else had a draw four, that's all they have in their hand. That's what they do. There's not nothing against you, mom, you know, or, or dad. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. what it is. So things like, you know, architects is the same way. It's like, you know, I, I just played what I had, which was ever in front of me at that turn. Uh, so people can love it that way. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, what What else? I know, as I, as I said, it's not been very long since we last recorded, though last time was all the all the stuff we did at uh, at ICGCon. Oh, uh, just this is sort of a nothing, whatever. But I was listening to uh, a podcast I really like called the Omnibus Project. And... Um, John, one of the hosts, John Roderick, was talking about music and how he's a musician. And so he's watched music change over the last few decades. And he said it's those like samples and loops, which he likes, but without the the like the instruments that, you know, he made music on. Yeah, there's no um, there's no natural uh, uh, things like chord change to differentiate between verses and chorus. Oh, and he's like, you can put those in, but they're, you know, they're then sort of artificial. And he says, um, when you're listening, he's made this weird statement. When you're listening to the rubber band man, the rubber band man, um, the, the, the sound of the chorus is a surprise compared to what you were hearing before that. And I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know if I noticed that. And that got me on Spotify um, listening to that. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm listening to the words. And I'm like, oh, because it, it's got this this like um, thumping kind of bass line that is thematic with this story in the lyrics of a guy with rubber bands between his toes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I see I see what they're doing. It's like a do, 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 do. And it does this chord change at the, at the chorus. And... That led me to, because I've been driving so much, I ran out of podcasts to listen to about an hour before I got to my campground here. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, let me play those, those, uh, those Guardians soundtrack. Of course, Spotify, there's a playlist with just all the songs from all, both movies. And well, Rubber Band Man is from Endgame or not Endgame, uh, Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Or no. Is it Ragnarok? I think it's Ragnarok. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's not. Um, either way, it's not one of the main two Guardians movies. And I'm listening to these songs and I'm picturing the scenes when I can remember. Because some of them are like, there's just a clip of a song. And so they put all of Bohemian Rhapsody in there or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to skip that. I've heard that song a million times. And I'm listening to it. And I'm going. I was thinking about when we talked about the Marvel movies and how they're uh, they're sort of different genres. The different properties are yeah, different uh-huh. genres. And I'm like, 
the Guardians movies are kind of like road trip movies. <laughs> Not entirely, but there are definitely scenes in every movie where like they're all in the ship and they're playing the song and like like the rubber band man scene. Um, they're like singing along and they're going and then something happens or the ship breaks down and I'm like, that's a yeah, it's like a road trip in space. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, the the I, I wonder if there was a time there when they didn't just like Feige didn't say we need a comedy, we need a buddy cop, we need a you know, I wonder if he was he did any of that. Like they actually had a meeting and figured that stuff out. Maybe, or or it was something uh something Gunn wanted to do, who knows. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they meet with directors. I mean, they got a, they probably hired directors. I know, for example, I mean, just case in point, they, they hired uh, Sam Raimi specifically because they wanted uh, Multiverse of Madness to have a horror thing to it. Right. Right. So like they, they probably, yeah. they probably do sit there and say like, here is, here's what we're, you know, we want this to be this kind of thing. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, it, let's find a director that'll do that. And of course, you know, Sam Raimi has a history uh, with Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. of, being able to bring in elements of his of his horror repertoire while still you know making a movie that's not horror right like uh, spider-man 2 is not a horror film right um but there are little bits and pieces um of that of that style of filmmaking in in that movie i i i'll i'll be honest i'm excited i I don't want to get into this too much to be realist but I, i don't I'm really like everybody. Really excited to watch uh, into the multiverse of madness um, mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange too. I'm really excited about it, but I I am not a Sam Raimi fan. Uh, I, hmm. I not not for any reason except that he's. I just see him as camp. Like the things that, mm. that I also say that way. The things that I've seen him do, people have labels for horror, comedy, whatever, and I just see it as camp, and that's not bad. I'm I'm not belittling camp here. I'm just saying that's that's not the the word that people use to describe him, and that's the what I always see. Um. So okay. so when when I when I watch like go back and watch Spider Man two and Spider Man one, they're very campy, right? Yeah. And, and all the scenes that are uh, that they show that are oh that's very Sam Raimi. I'm like that's the super campy parts of it, right? <laughs> um. Like of course. I mean, yeah, that's a whole. That's all conversation. I don't know that I'm, uh, you know, whatever in the in the world enough to really to really say. But I feel like camp is very close to the entire comic book thing. Like I know comic books definitely do have serious moments, but a lot of it is, you know, is just is just silly. And and like where you find the good you know, really enjoyable stories are walking that balance, right? Finding the, finding the sweet spot between heavy, dramatic, emotional stuff and comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and obviously, obviously it depends, right? I mean, it's, um, of course there, yeah. there's, um, cause I don't, I mean, evil dead Two, or I'm trying to think of other really campy shows, um, are, or Shaun of the dead, you know, those mm-hmm. those are not what I would call like what I've seen of a Marvel movie. Like it, it's not parodies or or jokes when it's really over the top type stuff. 
Sure. <clears throat> but I, I don't, I, anyway, I, I don't, I said, I don't want to go too far into that one. What I did, what I did mm-hmm. want to say about it is that it's not what I am led to believe what this Dr. Strange two is going to be. Right. It, it, it does not, all the trailers and all the discussion does not make this feel like I'm going to be watching a campy show. It feels very yeah, serious, it, very big, it all, very It huge. all feels very serious, yeah, like that episode of What If. And, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah. And, and super deep, and it's got Stephen Strange, which, you know, he was in Spider-Man, sure, and he has some fun lines, but that dude, like, that, that character seems very intense. Like, he, mm-hmm. I think he feels like one of the most intense characters in the MCU, right? Uh, I could see that, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah, he just he just comes off as very like everything is the most important thing in the whole wide world. I lost my hands, I lost my job. I gotta gotta save the woman I love. I gotta, you know, there's one in fourteen million chance. I gotta make sure that you know, it just seems very very driven type thing. Um, mm-hmm. So and not always in the best ways, but you know he he's driven. Uh, so anyway, that that we're gonna see how it, how it comes out. So we'll you know, and right. Feige yeah, seems to like it pretty well, and and you know, and Feige we trust. Um, good things are coming out about Black Panther on that front. Saying Black Panther two seems pretty good, but that's mostly from the mm. cast and crew. Which you know, what are they gonna say? It's it's not as great. Oh, yeah, not not until afterward when they complain about Joss Whedon or whoever. <laughs> yeah, until it's passed and, and done. Uh, so you know, ho- hopefully that one will be good. It's it's coming up soon. We've got. Uh, I'm trying to think. What's the next MCU thing, Marvel thing at all that we have? Um, is it Miss Marvel comes up? All right, that trailer dropped. Did you get to watch that? I don't think so. Uh, you should watch it. It's interesting. That oh, that's an example. Y- yeah, you guys talked about it, but I don't know what I was I was doing at the time. That's coming out before Multiverse of Madness? Right around the same time. I think Multiverse comes okay. out in May. Is that correct? I I don't know. Yeah, and I th- I think uh Miss Marvel comes out in April. I I could be totally wrong with this, but I, I that's the Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Morbius is out right now or next weekend. Oh, we, oh that's, yeah, more, but that, that's, no, it's not, that's only technically a Marvel, movie, right? That's right? a Sony, uh, Sony verse, Sony Marvel. Uh, Moon Knight, I know, is another one that comes out pretty soon. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, and I think Moon Knight is is the very is the very next um, thing. Um. And that's real soon. That's like in a couple of weeks. Uh, so uh-huh. Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, um, Doctor Strange. So oh, here it is. Moon Knight comes out at uh, the end of this month. Then Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, Ms. Marvel doesn't come out until later this year. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, it's got to come out before the Marvels, which is next year. So it's got to come out sometime this year. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that trailer dropped. You should watch it. It's it's interesting. It's Scott Pilgrim for the kind of Scott Pilgrim. Or actually, no, it's not Scott Pilgrim. It's uh, Mitchell's vs. the Machines. It's definitely like that. It's funny. that you, you, hmm. We should watch this this week. You know how in the movie that we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute, there she has drawings on the screen and like thought bubbles and stuff? Yeah. That, yeah. Is, that, is, how, that, that is how Ms. Marvel is done. Like... Interesting. Yeah, she's going around and there's like the squigglies on the screen and stuff when she gets upset or whatever. Um, so it's and it's in high school. So I mm-hmm. it, it, it looks it's look like another like genre type thing that they they picked the genre and they're going with that and setting it in the MCU. So that's cool. Um, nice. Yeah. 
Uh, so Black Panther will be out this year in November. Other things scheduled for 2022, She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and Secret Invasion, which I haven't heard anything about Secret Invasion. Uh, so we'll see if that comes. But uh, Thor does come out. That's that's the big summer blockbuster for for stuff. That that should prove to shake some things up because we're going to have um, female Thor. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm a little I'm a little torn on this stuff because it it feels like they're kind of doing the out with the old and with the new, which you know we knew was going to happen. Phase four. I just hate yep. I just see, hate seeing it happen. You know, uh, <laughs> we'll get. All these new new leads, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Some of them are old leads. Like for example, Doctor Strange, I think, is an old lead. Now, mm-hmm. now new lead, and I think uh, Scarlet Witch, same way. Although I think she'll be the big the big baddie. I think I honestly believe the more time goes mm-hmm. on, I think she's going to be the big baddie for the next Avengers movie. Um, which would be great. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, I, we got an MCU tangent. D- didn't mean to do that. Uh, so I watched. Yeah, I just I just had that random thought today. So yeah. it's like, eh. so let, let's let's switch a little bit here. What how, how, what what are we at on time here? We're we're, we're okay. We got like ten minutes to spend on this, or okay. fifteen. Um, I you and I both got to watch the new uh, Picard season two that came out. We're we're gonna go yeah. Talk some I stuff here. I had not been paying too close attention to this, and uh, our buddy Justin was giving his sort of thoughts spoiler tagged in in discord and i was like oh that started already i should watch that and i had two episodes to watch and i was like oh they must have dropped two at a time and then when i watched them i was like okay that makes sense it's sort of a a a two-part story here and of course everything is large arcs so i don't know why i but sometimes streaming shows do that right they'll they'll do a weekly release but they'll drop the first couple um together because like wheel of time did this and WandaVision, I think, was supposed to do this. So you get like the big, almost like a mini series intro and then go into weekly, weekly stories. And then uh, I checked it a day or two later, the streaming, mm-hmm. and there was a third episode. Nice. I was like, how is there a third episode already? I must have, I must have waited. And then I went and looked at the dates and I was like, oh, they're releasing every week. I just, did not notice like it had been on for almost three weeks before i realized it and then and then started watching them i kind of i kind of you know sometimes i like we we talked about this too much when we talk about binge versus not binge uh sure we're both on the weekly episode bandwagon that's not the case here but but you know sometimes it is nice to have a couple episodes to go through right um yeah like like you want to sit down and you want to watch something long and and you're like I'm going to watch, you know, hit, hit through two or three of these, you know, at other times it's nice to just have one hour. So yeah, I feel, I feel mm-hmm. I had three when I went and watched it this last weekend. I was like, three was there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that was, that was pleasant. Um, and actually it felt, they all felt very long. I, maybe it was just me watching it. I enjoyed, I, I'm kind of prefacing this by saying I really enjoyed it. Um, but often I would look at the time left on there and there would still be like 30 minutes left or something. And I'm like, wow, this is only halfway through and they're, they've done a yeah, whole I th- lot. I think they're full hour episodes is part of what's happening there. Oh yeah. They, they, they do a whole lot. Um, so I, I'll start and say so far, I really enjoy this one. Um, surprisingly, I was not, maybe it's because I wasn't expecting much. Um, mm-hmm. And season one was, was so meh 
I guess, mm-hmm, uh, or, mm-hmm. or weird Trek type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this one feels one. It feels like they, they went and listened to, to viewers and feedback and user groups or whatever, because they, in the, Maybe, at least yeah. in the first three episodes, they've cut a lot of the stuff that people did not like from the, the first season. Right. Uh, they maybe <laughs> yes maybe we we, we will time will tell but they've taken characters out that weren't interesting uh that were focused last time soji is the one i'm talking about specifically yeah uh yeah. you know concentrating fully on on data and and that kind of stuff they they brought q in which we all knew but q wasn't like there every episode you know he's mm-hmm. he's there yep. this feels so far this feels very much like a next generation episode um yeah, or or maybe a maybe a next gen era movie. Yeah, or a next gen yes, or or movie, correct. Um which which I'm 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 on board with. I just am because mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things already that you can be like, of course I don't want to spoiler yet what we didn't spoilers in that, but like of course these this is the crew that's the only one that can can save us, or of course it's you know, these are the only people that are left because they're the main cast. Right. Like that's yeah. how it was in the series too. It's you know, it's always uh, Worf and Riker and Data, it's always the Enterprise that comes and saves the day. It's not, you know, uh, mm-hmm. random stuff. Yeah. So, so of course it is. Um, right. And and, that, and that's just, you just kind of go with it and roll with it and you're enjoying the characters. Uh, I think the actors have had time to, it feels like they've had time to reflect on their roles. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, each of them are, one, more comfortable, I think, acting in a Star Trek sure. film. Uh, and with the, the cast, the other cast, uh, two, I think they're starting, they're starting to get handles on their characters or realizing that like, Oh, what I did before wasn't enough or I, I need to do more. Or maybe they took directions. I know the doctor, for example, was kind of hit or miss in the first season. I didn't know what to think of her in this mm-hmm. one. She's got a personality. Like she is fitting in this, this hole here in this part on the crew. Right. Um, the captain, Chris, he is mm-hmm. he Crystal. is a captain, a star a Starfleet captain, and I even put him straight in the role in the first episode. Um, but he is not outshining Picard, and Picard right. is not taking away from him, which is mm-hmm. a hard balancing act to do. Uh, yeah. I I'm not sure about Rafi. She's trying to find her niche, her niche, whatever on the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the writers are also trying to find her niche on the show. Uh so we'll, we'll we'll find that, but yeah, I, I I'm enjoying the story. It it took until episode three until they started getting into their social issues thing, which New Trek mm-hmm. is all about stupid, you know, whatever modern social issue is is happening. Yeah, yeah, about. it's uh, you know, we say this all the time. Like Star Trek has always been that. It, it's it's I always think, had elements of that. Let's just say right. That. I think I think for me, you know, in my and I've told my personal history with Star Trek over and over. I, until Enterprise, I never watched a Star Trek as it was airing. Yeah. I was always watching it in reruns. Right. And so, uh, you know, the the socio-political issues of the time. I mean, you know, the example we always use, original series, um, Kirk and Uhura kissing on screen mm. was like banned in the Deep South. Right. That's how controversial original star trek was and we look at it now and we're like oh it's just goofy kirk's gonna go and he's gonna outsmart a computer with his halted speech and all of that but at the time it was 
very controversial. So there's a level of that that I think we should expect. And I know I, you know, of course, it being now and it it also being like we're not living in an era like the 1960s, the late 1960s, when nobody is doing that. Nobody is is trying to speak to power or um, uh, make social commentary. Right. Like, yeah, we're in an era where it's rare to find entertainment that is not trying to include social commentary yeah right and it's and it gets fatiguing right and it's and it's also just like so many things just like special effects fan service um um kind of not not the greatest writing can all be uh um like acceptable or allowed or tolerated uh, in, if, you know, if the balance is good, right. It's like, I always say, if you have a fun, exciting movie, it doesn't necessarily matter if stuff happens in the middle that's dumb or illogical or doesn't hold up to, to, to scrutiny. If you think about it later, as long as while you're there, you're enough enter while you're in the theater, you're entertained enough to not notice. I agree. Um, totally agree. And that. so, and so that's my, that's the probably the biggest thing keeping me from just wholeheartedly enjoying Picard. Not that I'm not like I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I'm a big Star Trek fan. Yeah, I like Next Generation era. I love seeing the old actors like John Delancey show up. Even though you know you can see you're like man, he's really old. But of course, <laughs> Patrick Patrick Stewart of course is old now compared to forty years ago when. Uh, not 40 years ago 30 <laughs> 35 Almost, years ago right. when next gen was being made um and so that's to be expected and i also expect them to be making social commentary yeah what sure. i what i don't want and what was my biggest issue with season one is i don't want them to fundamentally change star trek to make some different kind of social commentary like there's enough there there should be enough there you're in this like socialist post private property utopia there's enough space there to make social commentary you don't need to make the federation you know insular xenophobic uh uh conservative america analog like that's that's antithetical to what the federation is yeah right that's the whole thing it was george you know gene roddenberry's how said george like lucas (laughs) um it's gene roddenberry's vision utopian vision of the future and that includes with it, like, the social commentary is baked in already. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm enjoying so far in season two, now that I'm past that <laughs> sort of pseudo rant there, um, it does feel, as you said, a lot more like Next Generation Star Trek. Like, the Federation feels like the Federation. It doesn't feel like this cold, scared you know something else right uh they are now doing the commentary in a different way that i won't elaborate on because we're not uh we're not doing a a a spoiler segment here we'll see going forward like i'm apprehensive right because i'm i'm just waiting gun shy is what it's called (laughs) yeah i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop the other shoe to drop foot to drop whatever that expression is 
I mean, four, four seasons I'm waiting of Discovery to, will do that to you. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to turn into something that I really don't like. Where I'm like, oh, I see what their their you know social when the social commentary becomes preaching, and there's a reason I use preaching because it it it's like it conjures up that image of a you know Puritan minister pounding on the pulpit and yelling fire and brimstone at the congregation. It's very heavy handed, very in a, in a in an entertainment context, you know, very uh like poor and lazy writing is, you know, part of that part of when we say stuff is heavy handed. It's like there's no subtlety to it. It's just like what should be a an analogy is so blatant that you're like, why even have an analogy? Why not just make a documentary where you can yell at people that way and let <laughs> right. us have our entertainment over here be actually entertaining. Yeah. Um, you know, I could be entertained by an episode of Deep Space Nine and have it still be saying something about like, you know, uh, uh, religious biases or, um, um, I don't know, whatever. The, the, the very... biggest thing I think has to be moderation. I mean, I, I've kind of said this yeah. before. It's like, it, it's, yeah. it's okay to have whatever side opinion you want or barb or jab or whatever. And I think the, the past treks have done exactly that. I mean, you even had a, a, a save the whale movie, right? That's, that's what mm-hmm. that movie was about saving the whales. Right. But right. it wasn't, it was like save the whales masqueraded as a, a time traveling, you know, sci-fi show. And, and they're doing all these fun, fun adventure thing. And we didn't yeah. need like, um, even though, you know, Lord knows Kirk made plenty of speeches. We didn't need Kirk making a speech to Starfleet Command about how, or not that it mattered because it's in the future. Like, we didn't need Kirk making a speech to anybody about how the people in the past were destroying the planet. People yeah. in and the how they're terrible for us, and for us watching it and how they're terrible. Like, okay, as part of the story, this probe comes and they're calling the whales and they're you know, re terraforming earth back to back to the wilds because the, the whales are gone and they're like, that's all you need. A smart person can connect the dots and go, Oh, the whales died off. Like we polluted the planet so poorly in this fictional, you know, future that the whales are gone and these aliens are upset about it. Or they even say it like for, it'll be one line. Like, the whales have been extinct or, or killed because of the pollution, you know, a hundred years ago. And then that's it. And then they move on. Right. And then, right. and then, then they go on and they're, they're solving the problem because that's what Star Trek does. Right. They're, they're working on the, working the problem. Right. Um, yeah. And that's but, a perfect example of what I'm talking about where the, the, this is not so much social commentary, but the commentary in, in Gene Roddenberry's vision was baked in. Yeah. You didn't need to, to beat people over the head with it. Right. And and this this Picard so far it it has it in episode 3 is where it really starts. It it has a couple moments where those are like okay they're 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 giving us a little lesson. It's it's not uh it's very overt. It's not hidden or anything. They they basically have words written for by the social directors. Um but um but it's not the whole thing. But it's you right. know like oh I, it's enough to make me go ooh ooh are they are they doing it you know mm-hmm. you tighten up your muscles like wait, is what's happening here because because <laughs> clench of what, a little bit right and and that's be, that is and that is not because of my own political views or whatever it might be that mm-hmm. is simply because uh, they have this new era this current era has uh, really 
done poorly with this. And and every every show that we've seen right. so far has gotten worse and worse uh, on this. That it, it's completely enjoy- unenjoyable, and it makes it, it makes me tense up, feeling like I'm enjoying this thing. I'm really enjoying this thing, and then oh, mm-hmm. is it going to happen? So we'll see episode yeah, four it- if they're going to do that, and that's going to be the goal of the show is to to, to give us a. Uh, uh, words. I hope not because everything else about it so far is very fun. Like ev- very fun. It's, I, I love it's, the. It's cute. good and fun and entertaining. Yes. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you. You know, or obliquely uh, referred to the thing about personal because that's not what we're saying here. Like, there's definitely. Oh, we talked about this off the air. Like, you can go on Reddit and probably Facebook groups or whatever and find legitimate. You know as we say, incels or neckbeards or whatever derogatory label you want to use, like you can find people who are opposed to as, as that we call wokeness on legitimate, who are legitimate, like racist, sexist, like we're neither of those things. At least we try not to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's not what we're talking about here. Like I don't, I'm not opposed to there being messages in my entertainment because I disagree with them. Sometimes that's true, but I think the one of the strengths or one of the um, the tools that entertainment has is the ability to, uh, uh, when done when used effectively, slip a message like that in there, and you know whatever that's a whole different conversation in terms of like being afraid of of opposing ideology or whatever. Um, but slip an idea in there and make you think about something in a different way, right? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, sort of hint at that message or, or again, as I keep using the expression, slip it in there um, subtly and, and unexpected where you don't see it coming and you're entertained by the show and then it makes you think and you go, hmm, I wonder if that's, what would it like? What would life be like if we didn't, if we didn't have money, if we didn't need personal property, like what could we do? What could humanity do and whatever? Like, uh, you know, that's, I'm trying to stick with Star Trek there. Yeah. And when you, you, by you, I mean a showrunner or a, or a television or film writer, mm-hmm. screenwriter. Um, when you use that poorly, when you, you know, are, are, uh, 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 Mike, not Mike Myers, Michael Moore, yeah,ing your way into like making a point with these ham-fisted metaphors and and uh, um, Falcon making his speech at the end of that series with no real information, just like, "Hey, you should do better." And I'm like, I think we all know that. Like, is there? Do you have something concrete, or are you just wasting our time with this? Yeah. Um, you're you're squandering that like you're making something that is not entertaining entertainment and is not effectively like opening people's minds or changing people's minds or or just influencing or or educating is a pretentious word but like you're failing at both goals right you get what i'm trying to say there yeah um and and so there there are things the few things we've seen hinted in this in this star trek part i'm like okay i see where they're starting to do this and the point they're making is one i agree with yeah i still don't want to see it be the whole show i still don't want to see it be i don't know watchmen or or um yeah watchmen's maybe not a great example um i don't know 
yeah. I, I want it to be good. I don't want it to be tedious and, well, and what, uninteresting what is, what is good for is, the sake of yeah what is good is is yeah. the is the obvious thing there and 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 i we put down this current generation i, I want to call it new trek because new trek was the abrams area i, I guess but the this current sure. area of trek um it's that um and i think we move off this the subject with the social yeah, stuff yeah. but i think that uh um losing track that we're watching a science a sci a space sci-fi show like that's that's what we're, we're we're losing track of a lot of times in these long form series when you're when you're like this this season is going to be about saving the whales and then every every episode forgets that we're actually on a sci-fi adventure here and instead shows us different ways to save the whales or problems where we're we're causing problems with the whales you know uh, and and mm-hmm. the things that are are terribleness about people that hate whales you know it, it's it's forgetting that hey we're supposed to be watching that and when you watch uh, the, the original series or next generation, whatever they, they, all those social episodes, they're wrapped up in an important science fiction thing. And they don't have to, is it, they don't underestimate the intelligence of the viewer, right. To, to right. get the message, right. We, we get the yeah. message without you, like you said, having a speech or spending half of the show, you know, specifically long uh, monologues about stuff. Um, yeah. You know, Cause you, you're you not can... like at, at best, you're probably preaching to the crowd and yeah, exactly the, right. The people who disagree with you are going to see you preaching at them and they're going to, they're going to, well, as we used to say, change the channel, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. They're going to be like, I don't, right. I don't want to be, I don't want to be preached at, like, which, which is, which is the unfortunate thing I think watch. of discovery. Like discovery had mm. a be- beginning sure. and it, it's, it's that, they they are have lost a lot of their viewership or their fans, and and what they're if anything they're gaining they're just gaining the the, the crowd the crowd that they they're they're preaching to, yeah right um yeah. and and what it could, should be accepting of all things and, and being a show that can do a lot of stuff have all the the, the things they want to show and the diversity that they want to show without making it the point and then ostr you know or I was it is it ostracizing or putting away ostracizing ostracizing sure. people yeah. that, that that you know don't understand or think or that's not their priority uh so anyway picard whew, uh, uh <laughs> i yeah so it's this does some of that stuff um in episode three not a whole lot the things i like about it though is that it it's a q it's a q episode right mm-hmm. um and, and the q episodes are some of the best um and they're often right. the two-parters that it, it bookended the next generation so that's great Q is not in it like so far in these first three episodes a lot, but he is the reason for it. Right. Yeah, or or we think, we think it's the reason. Right. Right. And, and, yeah, and it's, it's right. And a lot of the Q stuff and even his episodes, like he'll do a thing, he'll go away and then the enterprise and Picard and them have to deal with it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Q is, like, is a agent of chaos. He's an agent of chaos. He's like a, uh, a what like a like a storytelling device it's like the other it's the other end of deus ex machina right like instead of you know apollo or whoever showing up at the end of the story to fix everything which you know q probably did a couple times in next generation q usually shows up at the beginning to do the test and this sort of like you know job kind of i mean that's a poor example but like or or like Clarence in 
in It's a Wonderful Life, right? Like he's going to show Picard a different, I mean, there's an episode exactly like that. So I don't know that I should say this is a thing he does all the time, but of course that's the introduction uh, of Q is Encounter of Farpoint where they're, um, you know, going to be judged and they've got to do the thing, which is not great from a writing perspective. But of course that's the very beginning of Next Generation. So, so Um, yeah, he he does that and this feels in this one that it's, that it we're 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 going to see that kind of thing and the Q episodes um never stick I should say for the most part right. like like a couple do yeah. like there's the Q with the new Q lady girl lady in one of the episodes and she becomes a spoiler for that episode becomes a Q and and that sticks um or he mm-hmm. has a son I think at some point uh but for the most part he comes and does a thing and then at the end it's it's back to normal Right, he fixes it back. Yeah, yeah. They've succeeded in the trial, or they have overcome Q, or whatever they've it might passed be. Passed the test. Yeah. yeah. So, and and that's what the the fun of it is. How did they? How did the journey, as they say, right? How did they get to mm-hmm. here? How did they get back right. to where they were? Solve the problem, right. fi- defeat the win the day. And this is and when when this started happening, it was like, oh, this is great. The first episode, I get to see, you know what flash forward a couple of years, I think, or what it might be. I can't remember how long the, the time was there between the, the, the first and second season. And you got to uh, see how things have progressed and the, the Federation as it is now, it felt very hopeful, very awesome. And then, you know, the, the Q thing happens uh, with some other stuff that happens, which is pretty neat. Um, and then now we're working the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody, has their own things. Rafi has her thing that she has, she's dealing with there. There's a couple of characters that have problems and issues that you go through there while trying to solve the problem. But that's it's so far. It doesn't seem to be bogging down on one person's emo problems, right? For, for 30 right. minutes per episode of how they go through about their feelings and their stuff. Like they have feelings about things that happened. Right. I, I, right, I point yeah. to Jerry Ryan having some feelings multiple times throughout the, this the, uh, episode two and three, right? Mm-hmm. She, she's seeing some things and some things are happening and you can tell it, the, the actress is giving some cues and things, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they move on with the point of the show, the science fiction action adventure part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll yeah, pause yeah. and there's something. And maybe you, in a real important episode, you'll get a five minute addressing the situation, right? Of, of a, emotional right. breakdown or something but for the most part you're only getting this which is just just a joy it's just a joy and i'm and i really <laughs> found myself coming out of this whole in this discussion here just having a wonderful time with it and i'm so happy that i did um mm. so so i i hope that continues on um this was not the place that i thought that uh trek was going to be exciting for which is uh, you know obviously we're paying a lot on strange new worlds right um but w- which we probably shouldn't uh, but anyway, uh, it's good to see Picard season two come along and, um, I'm happy to see that I, I kind of enjoy the crew or, or this, this new in the future, next generation. Yeah. They threw Guinan in there again in the, in the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. yes, they got some fan service things in there, but they're not huge. It's not a major part of it. Um, and for some reason, Patrick Stewart seems more alive in this one, less, so many times when he gets on the screen, unfortunately, he has turned in. Old Picard has turned into pleading, desperate Picard, Picard instead of mm-hmm. commanding, in charge Picard. Sure, right. And and I watch a lot of Next Generation, and that man is the leader without question. And he has 
He has so many things that he does as a great leader, you know, that makes him leader. This Picard in season one was very much this pleading, desperate person constantly. And he has a little bit of that one, but I think he's coming a long way. I think Patrick Stewart is get comfortable making these movies, this this TV series again. Series, yeah. Right. So he he's getting more comfortable at being that. So which he did yeah. in season one, season two. Though. Okay. So we yeah. only got a little bit. I'd of time. agree with Sorry, that. We're, we're, and we'll have yeah, we'll have more to say on that as it as it continues to air. Right. Yeah. Okay. We we spent way too much time, but uh, the appropriate time for that one. Um, let's talk about our show real quick. Um, this week uh, was Mitchell's versus Machines. <laughs> All right. Uh, as as Michael said for the music, we're talking about uh, last year's 2021, the Mitchells versus the Machines. The Mitchells um, versus the Machines. So this is a, this is an animation, and we're watching yep. this one because uh, it was nominated. Is that correct? And I think so. Uh, I know it won an award. It's on for... Netflix. Says it won some kind of award. Yeah, it's it's up for best animated uh, feature film. And our choice between this one, we were going to watch Encanto or this one. Encanto. Two excellent mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah. Which, of course, you have seen and, of mm-hmm. course, I have not. Yep. Um, and we chose this yeah. one because, it's one, it's not a musical. They're, when you put up a musical versus another one, that's a fair thing to put these two together against each other. But it's a different kind of thing, right? You're, it yeah. just is. Story, story, yeah. Pure storytelling medium without musical. Like, musical stuff almost feels like a little bit of a cheat. Right, because music right. touches the soul and raises emotions and manipulates emotions very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's harder to do that in a, just a pure story form. Um, right. So here we have this one. Let's start with what you think. Yeah. So this, um, I'm just looking at the poster. It says, you know, from the people who brought us uh, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Lego Movie. Oh, and cool. I'm like, okay. Oh, that tracks now that i am am recalling back to this movie uh this was uh to our buddy fox i called it the goofy movie meets um so not zombie land um uh a uh i robot <laughs> sure okay yeah um with as it got toward the end it reminded me of something else that I that I now I'm not gonna without not the heaviness of I no heaviness of iRobot right right the 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 sort of um the existential threat or existential yeah. is the yeah that's the word um is yep. is is sort of iRobot and has hints of like a like a um cynical anti tech um you know what the some call boomer kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh anti phone prejudice i was like oh is this going to be one of this but it's it's like on the same level as uh as uh, wally right probably even yes. even less than Th- this is, even this is less per- than wally this is perfectly like what we were just talking about in our last uh, discussion this has some kind of a social commentary to it right but to, and and it's mentioned it throughout but it's not like and never felt preached to, right? Never yeah, felt and all because the way it's through. it's not like the villain is not really that. It's more, you know, just the the sort of grudge between the 
the the Steve Jobs analog character and his phone, which yeah. is has is aware. It's uh, right. Emma Thompson. No, not Emma. It's Olivia Coleman. Yeah, is doing yeah. the doing the phone voice, and and um, it ha- it has a moral thing of kind of like tech. You're using too much tech. You know, parents saying, "Do you have too much tech?" Or an older generation, and. It's, and you're getting out of touch. And other, and other people saying, like, newer generations, like, this is our way of living the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of, a, that's one of the social commentary. Another one is, like, the families and how families grow apart. That's another thing. Uh, thing. And it's very, that family thing is not new in any, by any stretch, like, going on a family trip together to find healing within, you know, someone's going off to college. That is not sure, new. Yeah, yeah. This, th- but this, it's all handled in a, very modern like a, a very modern problems you know in, right in right and and you can see the um you know the the into the spider-verse kind of style in some of the animation um mm-hmm. i i started this movie uh while i was uh folding clothes laundry mm-hmm. and then when i got done with that i sat and watched the rest and then i noticed more of those little like emo- representations of emotion on the screen yeah. that I didn't I didn't notice when I was more listening to it um which is kind of the opposite of what I often do with movies where I'll start out watching them and then and then get bored um <laughs> I wasn't you know that's a this credit movie to this one that it can draw you in actually yeah yeah and the the story got more emotional and more compelling even as it got increasingly ridiculous <laughs> increasingly, yes it, it 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 definitely ramped up it keep, keeps ramping up which is great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, almost it's, like when you start to feel it's getting serious well they're just going to like take it up one more notch right I yeah know, ridiculousness yeah they'll do something even more silly even more implausible like it starts out as this kind of road trip thing as i said a goofy movie yeah. uh thing but also a little bit like zombie land where that's it's a post-apocalypse and they have a goal they have a quest yeah um, they're gonna try and do and the 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 resolution of, at the end of the of the the you know the the conflict the battle yeah. um was not what i thought it was going to be like i thought i knew where it was going and i was already questioning like if this is how they're going to fix it, wouldn't the guy, the Steve Jobs character, um, uh, you know, wouldn't he be able to do that? This is, and then, you know, they mm-hmm, solve mm-hmm. it in a completely different way. Um, which makes it great, too. At, you know? at the end there, which was also entertaining, yeah. I think it's one of the things that, that makes this a, a difficult, uh, a difficult, I don't want to say sell, but uh, it's because you it almost feels spoilers to tell like how they solve things or what, what makes it good sure. and what makes it fun. Yeah. Because the, the, those surprises in a movie that just on its surface, when you just look at it from before you watched it feels like just a B movie animated movie, right? Like it's what, mm-hmm. what can this be about? You know? And then all the little like some, kicking it some up. Dreamworks, the, some, some dreamworks. Some dreamworks movie. Thing. Right. Other than, other than Shrek. You're right. And, uh, so, yeah. so it, it, but then, but then it's those little twists and those little things and, and ever all the way through, I mean, it's all the way through is the thing is like you said, it just takes about five minutes and then you start to get caught swept up into their, what feels like passion project from the writers, directors, animators, they mm-hmm. all, they all, it feels like at some point somebody had a great, brilliant idea and it just clips to it. Like when they do the, the, uh, um, 
Rick Mitchell special, right? They'll just all of a sudden mm-hmm. throw up the, the YouTube animated thing of hers, right? With the car and they're jumping out everywhere. And you're like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing where, um, what did I say? When we saw, uh, uh, what's the Pixar or not Dis- not Pixar Disney, um, the video game Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. We saw Wreck-It Ralph 2. And I was like, I see what in here is appealing to kids. But most of that movie, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, most of that movie is aimed at young Gen X or older millennial parents, right? Like people our age. I'm like, kids are getting a little bit of this. There's some YouTuber bits and stuff in there. But most of it is like 80s video game and early internet. Mm Mm-hmm kind of tropes and and bits and gags um this had some of that generational stuff but the all that sort of like frantic frenetic like i don't even know what word to describe for it the big like you know splash screens of yeah her animation style type stuff is an old reference or like when the when the dad is trying to click through stuff on YouTube and they don't call it YouTube, it's something else. But <laughs> right. um and and it's just like all this crazy stuff and I'm like, Yeah, that's kind of what it's like when I, you know, when my youngest <laughs> sister who's not even you know, my youngest sister is in her early twenties, like right. and you know, she's watching some guy talk about something and it's and it's a little hectic. It's a little frantic. And I'm like, this isn't even the stuff kids watch, right? Like yeah, the stuff right. teenagers are watching is even more, you know, to to my eyes, crazy. Um, which which I think this. Make, makes this a even more appealing. Like watching right, this, yeah. not that you totally identify. It, I don't know the the age range of technology and stuff felt very real with the the parents. Like the the dad surely was a, a luddite that was very you know. It, it, computer unsavvy and then you've got the mom who's who's more so then you've got the the brother and 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 the 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 daughter who's really up into it so it it just kind of fit all of the the people you could find yourself in this family somewhere right Mm -hmm. where you sit or and if you don't you can also see other people in your family who they are like oh my sister is like that person right i don't i don't get i don't get the the dog cop video i don't get that it's so dumb right or, mm-hmm. or you know, the the dad is clearly so stupid that he can't even fill out an online form to friend somebody. You know, you can see people in that in your in your family, and obviously it's exaggerated, uh, but it's um, it's just so it's just so perfectly and well done, and then hilarious all the way through. And I love all the characters. I love what they do with the mom at the end. Uh, I love the little the little boy is the brother is well acted. The the two what are they call Deborah Bot three thousands or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the are, are, are wonderful. Um, even even the villain is pretty wonderful. Um, yeah, just and, and it and it just the way it solves it. Obviously, the dog is fantastic. Um, dog pig bread was was a wonderful running gag. <laughs> yeah, the the further it got into the movie, the the less entertained I was by that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> it's just the, the, it just was so dumb. It just got so yeah. All all the stuff with the mom, I was like. Okay, I see. Yep. Okay. And then that just kept going and I'm like, "All right, come on." Like, I'm 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 bored with this now. Like, this is <laughs> this is stuff that's funny for a kid. Like, 
Yeah. It's not, and, and of course, I'm not in the target audience for this movie. So, right. but yeah, it still works. It still works for you, even even at our age. Yeah. I think you know it's again one of those things that adults can watch with kids and find enjoyment with it with the kids. Yeah. Which is, there's which there's is a perfect still, sweet spot. Yeah, there can still be a point where they're they're doing something with the the relationship between Katie and the dad, where I'm like, okay, I see what this movie's doing, and I'm annoyed that it's that it's emotionally affecting me but, <laughs> but okay working. i i see it it's working you you did it movie yeah the the and and some of the callback things uh with the, the screwdriver was great you know just mm-hmm. hilariously dumb and uh right my one of my favorite scenes is still when they see the perfect family uh escape the the gas station and then they try it yeah that's that's one of my favorite things. Like the dad tries to get on the mom's back or something, and oh, it's just they, they can't they I, can't even do the cheer right. One two three Mitchells. They can't. They, <laughs> yeah, they can't. They can't get their time right, which is also perfect. I didn't realize until until looking at the cast here that that the Posey family is um, John Legend and it's Chrissy his actual Tegan. real family. His real family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which was, which was hilarious. Uh, Shelley noticed that at the end. She was like. Oh, that's his wife, and that's probably their kid. I bet, or something. I was like, that's mm-hmm. really, really great. Um, so yeah, I, I I dug it, and it it, it it did end up, you know, at the end. I, I like happy endings. I always, it's a kids show. It's gonna have a happy ending, but um, you know, I I love where it left the characters type stuff, and you know, in their their journey, um, mm-hmm. for for all of them, uh, which was pretty great. And then you know, you end up with this understanding that that the Mitchells are weird and different. Um, and in on their journey, you also come with the idea that weird and 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 different is okay and cool, um, in in its own way. Does it's not cool? It's right. It's it's cool to you because it is weird and different, right? Um, and, I mean, and even in the shine. even in the ridiculous stuff they do with the brother and his dinosaur thing, like it's still um, the the same. And the and the dad, I appreciate that the dad. It, you know, it's Danny McBride, which is also hilarious, um, <laughs> right. is not like, like, yes, he's a Luddite, but not in a, um, well, not, not in a, I was going to say not in a cartoonish way, but this is an animated movie. <laughs> um, it's definitely cartoonish, but it's, you know, you find out, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but you, you find out that it's because, it's just because he is. A, a you know a Ron Swanson sort of outdoors loving mm. guy, and you you sort of get that from the start. But then like you know he built this log cabin, and like it's not that he hates technology or whatever. He just had a he had different passions, you know, when he was right. younger. Um, and and, and being cool being able to have like instead of having a story that at the end tells you oh one person finally understands what the other one's saying. It's almost all all the people start to understand each other, right? Like she understands him yeah. too. Like, oh, he's not this like you said, this luddite that just hates technology. He's like he just has different priorities. Like I think they even say it better than that um, when they they all figure it out, right? Like, right. oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're okay. You're you're different because of you. The dad would say that to the daughter, and the daughter would say that to the dad, and the mom, and he's like, you're you're that just because that's what you like and you want. And, you know, and as someone who's a, a lifelong nerd and geek, uh, you know, that hits to home a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I do like that, you know, they, they solve the her needing to find her people right off the beginning of the movie, right? That, that mm-hmm. she's found her people, and that's where she's trying to be. So it's not like a, a, I'm not comfortable with who I am. She's very comfortable with who she is, and the dad's comfortable with who they are, and, and they are. It's just the, the, the moral story is reckoning the, the differences between people, even within a family, that, that it's okay to be, not understand what that other person is. Um, well, and for both... That'd be good. And... And for both the daughter and the father, um, understanding that her finding her people does not mean abandoning her family. Yes. For both, right. like they both had to learn that lesson from, from the opposite side. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, I think most people who still, you know, who have family still like everybody, you know, unless you're a quote unquote orphan or something like Everybody has that, like, you have different people and you're different, you know, your people are, you might find your, your group, your group of friends or colleagues or, you know, whatever, or you start your own family, but your original family is still part of your life and they're, and they are something different than that. And that's okay. That's good. Right. And, and how Um, she finds like she finds that she knows who she is in the first five minutes, right? That's part of the, her mm-hmm. opening soliloquy. Uh, right. She, she, you know, and and her knowing that, so it's not that's not the, the journey we're taking here, which is really nice of them to tell us that kind of at the beginning. Sure. Um, and and to know that, uh, um, you know, she, she, different. It, that's what it is. It's more different people, and like you said, family can still be together. Um, can can still be important. But but still be other. very different from each other. Yeah, exactly. Right, and and that's okay, you know. And 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 while this is family, it's also I don't know. I, I, it kind of was more important that it is family because a lot of those emotional things, understanding and and the stick together, was because they understood how deeply they did care about each other. And I I no spoiler here, but the whole moose the wood moose storyline thing, right? Like right. that's yeah, that's a perfect example of you know something that really gets you like, oh, this goes deeper than just you being different than me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I, lo- I love this show. I, 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 I wish that it, we don't need to watch it, but uh, you, you could see Encanto. So you could see that these are both two good movies, but for different reasons. Um, right. And to, to it's one of those examples of a, when movies come up for awards and you say, hey, what's better than these two? Like, no, you can't do better. They're both great in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying which one is better is almost moot. Like, if Encanto right. wins for whatever reasons it wins for, sure, it's not wrong. If but it doesn't mean that one is better or worse than the other. I, you know, they, I guess they have to pick one. Um, but I don't know. I, I really, dug, I really dug this movie and was like many things that are some of my favorite things. It's a surprise. It was a surprise that what happened you know, with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I did dig the very end credits too, when it shows like the Mitchell family. It kind of morphs into the real Mitchell family, and then yeah, yeah. when they do All the, the credits. Real- all yeah. the people and their and their real families and their real families and it, it kind of had like the it always highlighted the person in the picture who, when they were a kid you know like whoever is in the right. credits the producer mm-hmm. and then to have their family when they're a little kid I, I really I thought that was so so nice and it made me feel like these are the people that made this movie with love right they all saw a little bit of their family in all these scenes and episodes that they animated or produced or yeah. made or whatever so yeah yeah. I enjoyed it. It's super fun. It makes me happy even talking about it. So, okay. Yeah. So we're running over here. What is our movie for next week? Oh, wait. I wanted you to watch The Adam Project. I know that's not our movie for the week, 
But can you watch that with me? Because okay. I think I want to talk about if, it next week. If I, yeah, I'll try and find time. I'm going to be doing some traveling again this weekend. But we'll right, see. yeah, that's a, uh, that's the Adam Project is a show on Netflix for listeners uh, with what's the guy? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. So it's the it's the new game with there. So we watch that one this next week. I've heard good things about it. I don't know. The trailer was uh, good, but I don't. You know, same kind of baseline. Uh, sure. So we'll be interesting to see what the two of us think about it. And what's what's your movie pick this week? Okay, um, I'm going to pick another another movie from the uh, the Oscar noms that uh, Fox recommended to me. It's a movie called Belfast. Um, it's written and directed by Kenneth Branagh, um, and that's all I really know about it, except it's about a, a little boy in a working-class Belfast family in the 60s, which I think is probably right in, like, the Troubles up there. The Troubles. Got it. As Belfast. They, as they say. Okay. We're, but it's, we're, we're on it. It's up for a bunch of awards. Best Picture, Best Screenplay. Uh, made made a list yeah. of of shows that I've that I've got. And I keep scrolling longer than I thought, and I always mention it each week. So I'll keep it up. I'm still going to be watching, trying to watch Space Force, Resident Alien, uh, more Picard. Uh, you're watching Upload, right? Or Uploaded? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yep. So yeah. So I Upload. definitely want to watch that one. Loved season one. So it continues season- to be sort of sort of hilarious dark comedy about the future. Um, oh, that's good to hear you say that. It makes me. There's a very there's a very funny and this is how this show is is just full of throwaway jokes where there are some characters in a store like I don't know what kind of store store it is but there's an older man trying to use a VR helmet or or headset mm-hmm. and he can't he's like I can't see anything how's this working and they cut over to like a mother and daughter and the little girl just rolls her eyes and she goes Ugh, millennials are the worst <laughs> nice I'm like that's good. <laughs> It's a good That's bit. Good. <laughs> uh, so I got I watched that one, uh, The Expanse. I am I still I'm like two episodes from watching that one. Gonna watch mm. the Last Kingdom last season came out before the movie. Um, really pumped, excited. To watch. I've already watched two or three episodes of that one. Uh, love Uhtred and that storyline. Arcane, Dota season two, and For All Mankind. Those those are my lists um, that are must watches that I have to watch uh, mm. to continue forward um, next week. So don't be surprised, listeners, if I come up next week and I'm like, oh my god, I watched Upload. Let's talk about. <laughs> yeah okay, and of course great. the adam project which we're making a, a dedicated uh thing to go with this time cool i think we did right. it man we we won won the evening saved all sorts of lives all right you've been listening to the front porch this is episode 238 238 uh thanks as always to our friends at lrm online if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for things we should watch and discuss you can do that via email our address is front porch pod at gmail.com it's all one word uh, if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are contact forms there. You can use um, a list of the movies we watch every week, although I haven't updated that in months. So, you know. Got to get to it. Is. Yeah, got to get in there and update, update mm-hmm. it. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael for the front porch see you next time that's that's my line (laughs) night everybody see you next time